With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're back for Buckeye Talk. Cleveland.com slash OSU. You can find us there. Doug Lee Maurice, Ari Wasserman, Bill Landis. Bill Landis is on Twitter at BillLandis25. You can find Ari at Ari Wasserman. And I am at Doug Lee Maurice. Here's our question. We're hitting you with a couple uh, couple podcasts this week mm-hmm. for Buckeye Talk. We just did one about... Uh, Ohio State assistants and what they'll be like as head coaches. You can find us talking about that. You can subscribe on iTunes. Go subscribe on iTunes. It's the easiest thing. Just subscribe on iTunes. It's not that hard. And then you don't even have to go find the posts. And you'll automatically know that this is the continuation of the last podcast. It's just one giant discussion. We're just bringing you a snippet of our lives where we just sit around in Ari's apartment and talk about stuff. Um, This is the question. Does Ohio State have too much talent? (laughs) (laughs) I think we did that one already. Here's my real question that I'm going to just ask questions and Bill and Ari are going to give answers, provide information. Is it possible that with this 2017 Ohio State recruiting class and maybe future recruiting classes to come, could you ever have too many four- and five-star guys if that means you are squeezing out especially three-star kids from Ohio, development kids, Kids who maybe played another sport or played at a small school or switching positions. Darren Lee, Malik Hooker kind of kids. Is it possible that Ohio State could no longer have room for them? And if that is the case, is that a bad thing or is that a good thing? Because it means they have so many talented four and five stars that they're good to go. So that's my question. I'll let Bill and Ari give their opinions first and then I have a thought on it. But Ari... Let me ask first the could it happen. When you look at 2017, we'll go Ari and then Bill, does it seem like in this class they are not going to have as many three-star development guys as they have had in years past? You know, it's possible. I uh, It's to what it's going to be because Ohio State has so many – five-star prospects from far away now that the entire way they recruit is different. And did you ask me if it was good? Could. First, could. could Is it happening? Is it happening? They have zero right now because they've got zero three-stars in general. So it is happening. Why is it happening? It's because they're recruiting at such a high level. But how many have they had before? We've spent all this time looking stuff up. Give them the numbers, Okay, so here's – are you ready? Take out your pencil because it's going to be hard for you to remember it. Not while you're driving. Pull over. (laughs) 2012, they signed 15 total prospects from Ohio. Seven of those prospects were three-star prospects. Tyvis Powell, Marcellus Jones, Jacoby Bourne, Frank Apatropoulos, Blake Thomas, Luke Roberts, Pat Elfline. 2013, they had 10 prospects from Ohio. Two of them were three-stars. Chris Worley, Tracy Sprinkle. 2014, nine Ohio prospects overall. 2014, they had two, Marcellus Jones and Brady Taylor. And when I said Jones in 2012, I said Marcellus. That was Cardale. So both are from Glenville both, and both, both have the last name Jones, so it doesn't matter. Same person. Both are in the NFL. <laughs> Same impact on Ohio That's State. Good. 2015, 12 Ohio prospects, four three-stars. Robert Landers, Rashad Berry, Devon Hamilton, Liam McCullough, who's a long snapper. 2016, nine Ohio prospects. Four of those were three-stars. Gavin Cup, Jake Wallabaugh, Malik Harrison. Yeah. I say Jake? Jack Wallabaugh, sorry. Malik Harrison, Drew Chrisman, the punter. 2017, so far they have four from Ohio total. 
zero three stars because there are zero three star recruits. So as you can tell, it went from seven two two four four zero in terms of three stars, and I think that zero is going to be more of the trend. And I don't mean that they're never going to sign a three-star Ohio kid again, but I think it's going to be closer to zero than it is to four moving forward. Okay, so those are the numbers. Bill, if they sign fewer three-star Ohio kids, is that good or bad? Um, I think, I don't know, I think bad might be too too harsh of a way to put it. I think if you asked Urban Meyer, and he said it before, that he wants those kind of guys, whether you call them developmental or whatever, I mean, he wants a Darren Lee in his class. He wants a Malik Hooker in his class. I think he enjoys seeing the development of those kind of guys. Um, so I'd be interested to hear what his answer would be, good or bad. I think you probably, and maybe this is taking it the wrong way, but I think those kind of guys bring a little bit of an edge to your football team. They're not guys who've been told their whole life that they're awesome. They're not four- or five-star guys. They want to prove that they are as good as those four- and five-star guys. I don't think you need a team full of them. I think you need a few of them. I think those are the sort of the guys that – push those four or five star guys to be better because um, they could lose their starting job to a guy who came in ranked underneath them. Um, so I think it is important, uh, yes, to have guys who are three stars or developmental guys on your roster. I don't know if it's bad if you don't have them, but if I, putting myself on the feet of a college football coach or in the shoes of a college football coach, I think I would want a couple of those guys on my team. And I think your opinion is going to be about the Ohio-ness of Ohio State, right, Doug? So, so, let, so yeah, let, let me ask this specific question for you to to answer first, Ari, because we're asking two questions in one here, and I want to break them up. Does a team need some three stars? No matter where they're from, do you need some three-star kids? Or is that stupid to say? Do you want every five-star and four-star kid make it an all-star team? You don't want any three-star development kids at all because they're not as good. Do you? If you can get all, if you could have a team of all five stars. Would you take that? If you could recruit recruit 25 five-stars, is that the best recruiting class possible? Or do you want a mix? Not talking about where they're from, just their star rating. It's just so hard because 25 five-stars is great, but then you wonder if it would cause team friction. And you start thinking about things in a hypothetical world and a fake world that we didn't even – that we just made up. The thing I will say about the three-star prospects Ohio State has brought in from Ohio, I don't think any of them came to Ohio State thinking they weren't as good. And I don't know if that's just a good thing, And but there, I don't think there's been ever really a second-class citizen type of situation when it comes to Ohio State and their scholarship players. Um, some come in like Raekwon McMillan and are five stars from right off the bat and play as freshmen and then turn out to be a draft pick, and they go through their entire high school, college career the way that Raekwon McMillan did. <laughs> But there have been a lot of four-star prospects, too, who have come to Ohio State and have had to wait three years and be developed. And I know that Darren Lee is such a cool story because he was a high school quarterback and a three-star prospect who turned into a first-round NFL draft pick. But there's a lot of people who have come to Ohio State who might not have been three-stars and might have been four-stars with that huge separation in their ranking and have done the same thing as Darren Lee. So I don't know if I subscribe to the idea of Ohio State needs to have at least five three-star prospects from Ohio in its class to be good. I think that when you get to Ohio State, everybody starts off on the same footing. And um, if it was all five- and four-star prospects, then the bottom four-star prospects would just assume the role that the current three-star prospects have. If you're asking me if Ohio State would want to take 25 Raekwon McMillans every year, then I think, of course they would, and just deal with the consequences of it being an all-star team later, I guess. But that's a made-up world. I think we're talking about five-stars and four-stars, the majority of which being four-stars, kind of the way that the 17 class is, because that's a reality right now. They have zero three-star prospects in the 2017 class. They could sign an upwards of eight to ten five-stars, and they're going to. this could be a reality this year. But then when you look at the 2017 commitments at this point, then maybe a guy like uh, Amir Rape, for example, or Jaron Cage from Cincinnati, who are four-star prospects, might just be at the bottom of the barrel. But they're not three-stars. They're still in-state four-star kids. They're just not Raekwon McMillan. Does that make sense? Yeah, you – yeah. I'm just saying you that, pushed yeah. them, but you smushed them back together again. But I, I, I do think so th- there's two things we're talking about. There's because there's there's the star thing, which is sort of about are you entitled? Do you expect to start and play right away? Are you an under the radar underdog kind of kid because you have a chip on your shoulder? When these three star kids succeed, Darren Lee never stopped talking about that he was a three star, mm-hmm. right? So there's that aspect to it, and then there's the 
You're an Ohio kid. You're a local. You understand rivalries. You understand tradition. You're at Ohio State not just because Urban Meyer's a great recruiter, but because you've dreamed of being a Buckeye since you were five years old. So I want to separate those two things. Okay. Because we're, we are smushing them together, but it's, it's two really And I think what I was talking about was only their talent. So if we're talking talent, so if we're talking talent, you would believe take the best talent you can get. Duh. Right? Take the best talent you could get. Bill, I think in the, you, in the realm of reality, because when you say all five stars, that's not reality. I would take this year's Ohio State recruiting class with 17 commitments, six five stars, and all the rest four stars over any other recruiting class Ohio State's had. Bill, do you agree? I think you sound stupid a little bit not to agree, but I think I, I, I like the mix. I like, I like the guys who kind of come out of nowhere. And the star rating, I mean, this is this kind of would defeat the purpose of the podcast, but star ratings are kind of arbitrary anyway. And your star rating goes up as soon as you get offered by Ohio State right. half the time anyway. Like people think if you're going to Ohio State, you by definition almost must be a four-star, right? I think the thing that makes recruiting most interesting is like finding those diamond-in-the-rough kind of guys. Like Alabama gets at six five-stars every year, and that's awesome. That's great for Alabama. Ohio State is trending toward that too, and that's great. That's how you win national championships. I think the most interesting aspect of recruiting is finding guys like a Darren Lee, like a Malik Hooker, like a Pat Elfline, who you think might be good, aren't ranked that highly, but you see something, you bring that guy into your program, and then you make them into that vision you had for them. Ohio State's going to have two unanimous All-Americans this year, and both of them are three-star prospects. I like that aspect of team building. Maybe – Personal preference and like what actually makes the most sense are two different things. But if you're asking me if I agree with what I already said, I think I slightly disagree. But then you have to – then here's what I'm thinking. Then what's the other recruiting class that made Ohio State what it is that might be comparable to the 2017 class when you look back to at this point four years from now? It's 2013, 13, right? right? Yeah. So let's look at the 2013 class. They have two players in that class from Ohio, three players from that class from Ohio that were three-star prospects. Those three players were Darren Lee. Tracy Sprinkle, and Chris Worley. One out of the three had an impact on Ohio State's national championship run. And I'm not trying to belittle Lee and Sprinkle, but the reason why that class did what it did is because it was loaded, right? Yeah. So, like, I don't understand. Like, what? that's the, the best class that Urban Meyer with, signed. With, what is, but there, there, weren't, there weren't 25 four- or five-star prospects in that class. I mean, it was one five-star, and the rest were four-stars, and there were but, three three-stars. And I agree with you. We've written a million things about that class, right? That 2013 class is a defining class at Ohio State, right? They won the national championship their sophomore year in 2014 uh, when they were supplemented by some very good Ohio players like Devin Smith, Cardale Jones, Michael Bennett. Not that those guys weren't highly recruited necessarily, but... Um, there was an Ohio-ness to it. The whole offensive line. The, the whole... Right. And, I mean, Jacoby Boren was the center on that team. Yep. Uh, Pat Elfline was a starting lineman yep. on that team. Uh, Evan Spencer wasn't a um, Ohio kid, but he was a Buckeye through and through whose dad had been a coach here, had grown up in the program, understanding the program, was not a gigantic recruit, was a huge player. Urban Meyer called him the MVP of that team. So I would say, and I don't know if I believe this or I'm just arguing it to be a jerk, which I do sometimes. That class was an extraordinary 2013 Ohio State recruiting class. They won in 2014 when they were supplemented by some guys who I'm not sure Ohio State would have room for anymore. And when that 13 class became the guys in 2015, they didn't play to their potential, lost the game they couldn't lose, and didn't make the playoff. And in the end, I'm not 100% sure if that's a coincidence. What do you think, Mr. I disagree. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that they lost in 2014 for reasons other than where they're from and whether they were three or four star prospects. I get what you're saying. And I get in 2014, you think back and you think about Ezekiel Elliott, you think about Von Bell and you think about five star prospects who are from far away. And I think it's very easy to forget the impact that those types of Ohio three star kids made on that team. And you'd be a fool to think that the only reason why Ohio state won a national championship in 2014 is because of the five stars from Texas on that team. I agree. I don't doubt that. 
But what I do doubt is in an alternate universe where the previous four recruiting classes in that 2014 team were the ones that are like this 2017 team that instead of Pat Elfline starting, it's Wyatt Davis and they don't win anyway. Like, I, I kind of, I just wonder, like, if the five-star prospect from California was on the roster instead of Pat Elfline, would they be better off or worse off? And I think you're arguing that they'd be worse off. And again, this is all hypothetical, but I don't know if I subscribe to that because he's from Pickerington. Okay, but we're not, we're talking star. So, all right, let's talk Ohio-ness now. Let's talk Ohio-ness, okay? We were talking talent a little bit. I would maybe subscribe to the idea. Well, here's, here's what I'll say about the talent issue. I would not want 25 five-stars because 25 five-stars can't all start. And I wonder – now, the, Alabama would go against this because Alabama turns the best recruiting classes into national champions every year. I think it's possible that if you recruit – do you think if they recruited four classes like this 2017 class is looking, I would think their transfers would go up? Because I think you would bring in more guys who all expect to play and you just mathematically can't play them all. I think it's not terrible to recruit some guys who – You mean immediately, in. right? Like, no, I, but if you have – if you had – I mean, again, we're going off the deep end. But if you had a roster, if you had four classes in a row that had 25 stars in each class and the result was you had 85 stars, you're going to have 65 stars who aren't starting. And I don't think they're going to be happy about that. I'm not saying that three-star guys settle for not starting, but someone's got to be a backup, man. Someone has to work hard in practice without ever real, without ever getting to start. And if you only have the best players in the country, I question if that's the best mix. And now spinning it to the Ohioness, I question it even more if you have a bunch of four- and five-star kids and there aren't that many kids who – who grew up dying to be Buckeyes. Because if you're a four-star kid from Tennessee or Texas or Georgia or Florida and you come here and you don't play for two years and you don't have another connection to Ohio State beyond, man, Urban Meyer was great in recruiting and I came here to win and get to the NFL. If you're not playing, there's nothing else to keep you here. And so I do think there is some value in having enough Ohio kids on this team. Pat Elfline, when we talked to him the other day about being a Remington candidate and how he got here, and we've all written stories about how he got to Ohio State. He said, I didn't care who the coach was. He committed to Luke Fickle in the middle of the trouble. And he said, it, it didn't matter to me who the coach was. I wasn't worried. He wasn't worried about what sanction. If he could be a Buckeye, he told his high school coach, he said his high school coach committed to Luke Fickle on his behalf because he told his high school coach, if Ohio State offers, commit. And he committed for him. And he wasn't a four-star or five-star. I think there's value to having that kind of Ohio kid in the program. And if that kid is getting shoved out for another four-star from Georgia or Florida or Texas or Tennessee or California or Michigan or wherever, I'm not sure that's the best thing for your program. Talking Ohio-ness. Well, can't that – I mean, that kid could just be a, a four-star, right? Couldn't he? Are you That's talking? what I'm saying. That the but only there's, that, yeah. how many kids are I – mean, there's four Ohio kids in this class. Yes, and they're yeah. all four-stars except one who's a five-star. Is that not enough in your mind if you're talking about – I would buy that there aren't enough Ohio kids total. I don't know if I buy the Darren Lee-ish Ohio kid. I think that Josh Myers is a five-star who is nationally recruited and having sat in that kid's high school – he wants to be a Buckeye just like Pat Offline did. So I don't know if I buy the idea that there's something noble about being an underrated kid who comes in, loves Ohio State with every fiber of his being, and then works hard to be a starter on this team. I get what you're saying. I'm not disagreeing with you. I think that you get into a murkiness when you don't have a lot of Ohio presence, regardless of how good they are. I think that there should be some Ohio-ness to this team. And I think as years go on, it's becoming less and less of an Ohio team from a who, from where they're from standpoint. I think that could be an issue. For the same reasons that you were just talking about, pride in the, in the city, pride in the university, growing up with that being a connection to your family. Everybody in your family loves it. It's, you know, like, you know, the personification of the, the movie Rudy, except they got to, you know, I mean, there's a... There's a value in that, and I think that Ohio State is certainly on the track of not only losing the three-star fringe Ohio kids, but losing Ohio kids in general. I mean, they only have four out of 17 right now. 
Do you do you think Urban Meyer would let it get to that point? He seems very, very, very dialed in. I think to wanting to keep Ohio, have some sort of Ohio presence on this roster. Is it like possible that just with this recruiting class in particular, this 2017 recruiting class, like they're getting so caught up in the fact that like, oh my god, we have all these five stars. Wait a minute, where are all the Ohio guys? Let's not do that again. Like, is it possible that this ends up being a one-off? Well, let me ask you this. Just, let's just use specifics in the response to that question. Donovan Peoples-Jones is a five-star prospect, the number one wide receiver in the country who lives in Detroit. Mm-hmm. He has been a Michigan lean for a long time now. And at recently, he is – I don't know if this podcast – when's this podcast going up? Uh, this will go up on Wednesday. Okay, so Thursday he's announcing. If he decides to go to Ohio State, which seemed like a long shot two weeks ago, but now doesn't seem like as much of a long shot as it was, what does that mean for Jalen Harris? A four-star kid from Cleveland who is a very, very good football player. So much so that Alabama So much him. so that Alabama recruits him. Good. How, and how much does that kid – does Jalen Harris – Want to come to Ohio State? I think he wants to come to Ohio State, but he's also doing what some kids do, and that's I'm looking around. And I wonder, in that scenario, what do you think Urban Meyer is going to do? Because I know what he's going to do. He's going to take the five star guy. Here, I'll, here's so what I would, that's your that's the answer to your question. Yeah, here's what I would do. I would not put together a receiver class that included Trayvon Grimes, Donovan Peoples Jones, and Tyjon Lindsey, and didn't have room for Jalen Harris. That's what I would. How do. would you do that? I would not. I would put Jalen Harris in. If Jalen Harris wanted to come, I would put in Jalen Harris and take two of the other three. However, you figure it out. That's what I'm. That's a great illustration of what I'm talking about. You have four really good prospects, right? And I know Lindsey's more of an H, right? He's yeah, smaller, yeah, yeah. Lot, yeah. But let's. They're four very skilled receivers. Three of the four are five stars. Is Lindsey a five star? Yeah, he is. One is a four star. From Ohio, yep. One is from Ohio. I would not live in a world where if I have three spots, I take three five stars from out of state and don't take the four star Ohio State. And all three of those five stars go to powerhouse programs that are important to Ohio State. I'm not saying – Go ahead. Castec, Gorman, and Las Vegas, and St. Thomas Aquinas in Florida. I mean, Gorman became important to Ohio State like in the last five minutes. Yeah. So I would not live in that world, and I would say – and I think, Bill, you have a good point. We'll get into this more. This is a one-off. But if that were a trend, I think that's a dangerous trend for Ohio State. But that is what's happening. So so let's get to Bill's question then. Do you think that is happening one time? And there's multiple questions to the question. Is it happening this year because Ohio State Ohio is down a little bit as a state in recruiting, so they're getting kids from elsewhere? Or is, or is this just a typical Ohio year? And do you guys think this is a trend? Or a one-off, if this class ends up with, what do we think it's getting to, 22 kids? 23, 22. 22, 23, it might end up with, they have four now. And maybe they'll take Harris and make it 24 if they end up getting a five-star they're not anticipating. But they're going to end up with maybe five or six Ohio kids, probably? Maybe four. Maybe four? Okay. Is Harris the only Ohio kid who's still dangling out there? Okay. Okay, so is that, do you think... It's a one-off, or do you think this is a trend? And and what do you know about the status of Ohio well, you, as a recruiting group? You this did year? the math, so well, yeah. What I what I looked up was how many four and five star prospects were in Ohio, uh, and every year Urban Meyer has been recruiting for Ohio State. Um, what I don't know is how those Ohio kids sort of stack up nationally. But I'll give you the numbers of at least five star, four and five star prospects um, in the state. So 2012, there were 22. And then this is down from 2012, 22, 20, 15, 15, 12, 16, and then in 2018, there are 13. So in the 2017 recruiting class, which is the one we're talking about, there are 16 four- or five-star prospects in the state of Ohio. Does that sound right? Yeah, I think that's right. Anyway, so Ohio State has signed how many of them? Four? They have four committed. Right. 18 is better. 28, class of 2018 in Ohio, I think, is probably substantially better, maybe, yeah. in terms of depth than 2017, because it doesn't have... And what the problem with 2017 is that you're getting it from both ways, because not only are the numbers a little bit down, they're also tighter. 
Yeah. So when you get to 22, I mean, Ohio State could sign in between 25 and 28 in the past. They're signing 22. And when you have a weird year, which is a good year, where you have six five-star prospects from all over the country who want to come to you, you're going to squeeze people out. And I think right now uh, signing the star-studded class is the priority over the Ohioness this year. I think it's possible Ohio State goes back to signing 13 again next year. But if they sign 10, I think the sweet spot in a recruiting class that has 25 members in it is between 9 and 12. It doesn't. You don't necessarily have to have half Ohio kids. But if you have nine, I mean, and that's kind of where they've bordered: fifteen, ten, nine, twelve, nine, four. So I think fifteen's a little is, is never going to happen again. But I think ten, nine, twelve, nine is like a is the trend that I think you're going to see long term. I think seventeen is an interesting year because it's going to be the smallest class Ohio State signed in the Urban Meyer era, and it's also the class that has the most five stars from out of state committed. So you have a few factors working against you there. Which but, makes so. I guess to answer your question, I think it's a little bit – I think this year is probably more of a one-off than it is a, a, a starting a trend. And but I'll I think just, it could give you a viewpoint of the way things are going to be. And, it, and it's going to depend it's – go, it's going to it's always going to fluctuate depending on how good Ohio is. There's never going to be a number of set Ohioans regardless of the talent level in the state. But because 2018 is so good with guys like Jackson Carmen and Jalen Gill and Leonard Taylor and Dallas Gantt and Blue Smith – and Tyreek Smith, all these guys, be Christopher yeah. Oates, all these guys being recruited by Ohio, that number is going to go back up. And it's going to be higher than four. It might be eight, nine, ten. Aeneas Hawkins is another guy in that class. So I think it just sort of fluctuates year to year. And if we talk, I mean, we can talk about declining recruiting numbers in Rust Belt states too. If the number of Ohio prospects is going down in general, then I think the number of Ohio prospects on Ohio State's roster is going to go down because I don't think they're going to create spots for those three-star guys when they can go to Florida and get guys who are better. I think, um, and, and I don't know the recruiting as well as you guys do, so I'm just going to give an example that might be wrong. Um, but it's an example I'm thinking of. So, was Todd Sibley ever committed to Ohio State? He yeah. was, right? Yeah, yeah for, a, for a while, yeah. The running back at Hoban, mm-hmm. right? And Danny Clark, the quarterback at Hoban, was, we mm-hmm. know, committed to Ohio State for a long time. Neither of those kids are committed to Ohio State any longer. Correct. Instead, they have a quarterback from Las Vegas, in this mm-hmm. 2017 class, and the running back, they have a running back from Texas, and are they not also chasing another running back from Mississippi? From Mississippi, are the, the are the running backs from Mississippi and Texas, and the quarterback from Vegas better than Danny Clark and Todd Sibley? Quote better. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Would you be? Are you a hundred percent sure that the best thing for Ohio State is to take the quarterback from Vegas and the running back from Mississippi and Texas instead of either of those two Ohio kids? Um. Yeah, I, I, I mean, is and it, I'm not trying to criticize Todd Sibley or Danny Clark as players. They're big boys. They can handle it. They're going to be great. Danny Clark's going to Kentucky. Where's Sibley going? Pitt. 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 They're going to be fine. They're going to be good college players. They are very good high school players who just won a second straight national championship. I'm not trying to play the game of they're not good enough to play at Ohio State. It's just I know the skill guys more than I know linemen or safeties or anywhere else. Yeah. Well, that, so those are the names in my head. Well, that's what I, a part of what I was going to get at. Like if you're, if you're living in this world where you're recruiting a lot of five-stars from all over the country, but you still want to have that pocket of Ohio-ness or three-star guys, however you want to label it, then, you, <laughs> then you, do you put like positional priority on that? Like – you're only taking one quarterback. Very rarely you're taking two quarterbacks. So if you have an opportunity to get a quarterback you think is better than the three-star Ohio kid that you have committed, I think you have to do that. Even though on paper, Danny Clark is the dream come true Ohio State commit. Because well, we he is thought the, he was. Well, like, he but on paper, like I'm in the Doug scale of Ohio-ness and come in and work hard, loving your university, there's no other co- recruit. There's no more of a Pat Elfline recruit in the modern three-year history of the recruiting era than Danny Clark in Ohio State. But because that one, position is so important and you cannot yeah. afford to miss. 100%. And I think and that's you do why the same with done. running back, too. If he was a tight end, I don't think that would have happened. I agree. And I think if it was an offensive lineman, I don't know if it would have happened. I think. And it would have been possible that if he were an offensive lineman, he would have come in like Pat Elfline and won an Outland trophy in four years. But that's not the way it works at the quarterback position. But they also had, and I'm not going to make this a Danny Clark podcast, but they also have Joe Burrow on the roster. They have Dwayne Haskins who was part of the 2016 class on the roster as a freshman quarterback. They have Emory Jones coming in 2018. Uh, there is great question whether Tate Martell, the quarterback from Vegas, is ever going to start a game at Ohio State. Yes. So, obviously, quarterback is a position of priority. 
I would argue you could have taken the loyal Ohio State kid who you offered when he was a freshman, and it would not have killed you. You do not, as even as a one of the best teams in the country, you do not need a four-star, five-star quarterback every year. This is a layered cake. So because there's a lot, like, there's a lot of Vegasness behind that too. So, so, and I'm not, and I'm not saying anything about. Uh, it, it's not about. It's not kids. anti. I'm not. Yeah. It's not. I'm not anti or pro any kid. Congratulations to Tate Martell for being here. Tate Martell is the Pied Piper of Bishop Gorman. It's a new place where Ohio State is going. Ari's going to go be the public relations director there someday. <laughs> yeah. They live in Vegas. They might get three kids um, out of Gorman. Maybe um, four. Maybe four. Tate Martell, every time there's a four-star or five-star kid who goes on a visit to Ohio State and tweets, boy, I sure had a good visit, Tate Martell takes the tweet and retweets it and says, come on, man, come to Ohio <laughs> State. I mean, Tate Martell is driving the bus for the Buckeyes in a very big way. Am I correct, Ari? He's driving the bus that Danny Clark got off of. Meaning that was Danny off Clark of. was pushed off of. That was he's driving Danny Clark's bus. So again, I, I don't. <laughs> you know, things happen. Recruiting is a very serious business. I'm just telling you. Um, if I were Ohio State, I would not make. I would not let the goodbye Danny Clark, hello Tate Martell thing happen every year, over and over and over again, and. Um, as much as we love to talk about recruiting ratings, and here's the other thing. I don't want anyone to think that I'm anti-recruiting rating. I'm not a 65-year-old man who every time a five-star kid busts and a three-star kid makes it says, See, recruiting ratings are stupid. I mean, the people who think that, you know who you are, and it's ridiculous. Recruiting matters immensely. I would argue that you can go too far. I would argue that you can go too far. And when you talk about – am I exaggerating this? When we get to Michigan week, that's when everybody talks about Ohio State history and all that kind of stuff. And Raekwon McMillan will say things like, I didn't know anything about the Ohio State-Michigan rivalry when I got here. I had to have guys tell me about it. Well, when he got into this linebacker room, if he had questions about the Ohio State-Michigan rivalry, when he got here, Joshua Perry from Ohio was in the linebacker room. Darren Lee was in the linebacker room. Chris Worley was in the linebacker room. Dante Booker was in the linebacker there were a lot of Ohio guys that could tell him about it. Lou and Fickle was I, in the linebacker room? Yeah. <laughs> Listen to our old podcast about <laughs> Lou Fickle that's posted. I can't imagine coming in, and, and maybe I don't even know if we could figure this out immediately. Can you imagine being a kid in a position group and you walk into your position meeting room and there's not a single kid from Ohio in that meeting room? If that would happen, that's a bad meeting room. Now, I'm sure – I mean, we could pause the podcast and look it up. Obviously, right now, that's not, the, not case. the case. But again, I'm saying if, if 2017 is a one-off and they're going to have 19 out-of-state kids and four Ohio kids and it's going to be the highest-rated class of the Urban Meyer era and they're going to be having f- five stars falling out of their ears and the best players are from Texas and California and Georgia and Josh Myers is a great – Great recruit for them from Ohio as a lineman who's been committed forever. If this is a one-off, so be it. And and I'm not going to argue with that. I will argue with it if it's a trend. That's my main thing about this. I think anything can happen for so one So let me year. ask you this. Do you think that it's possible or fair if Ohio State signs two or three more five-star prospects, only four Ohio kids in the total class, would you even go down the road of this is the greatest – on paper recruiting class in the history of Ohio State football. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, and I but I, I would I would um say that and I would hedge it with a comma that says but boy oh boy, this is the least Ohio. I mean, I'm sure it's going to be the case. And we'll look it up before signing day. But if this is the least Ohio Urban Meyer class, I mean, Jim Trestle never had a class just, that was it's 19. A, it's a fact already you It's say. the least Ohio class ever in Ohio State football history. So, you know, something has to be the blank ever. It happens. But I'm telling you, if 2018 follows up with 20 out-of-state kids and five Ohio kids, that's going to be a problem. I would have a problem with that. And it's not about me having a problem with it. I would honestly and truly believe that would be a problem for Ohio State football. And I think that this is another thing. I think it would be a problem for Ohio high school football coaches. Yes, 
And I also so, think and it might you be. You know a, who's going to be sitting down in Cincinnati saying, ooh, is Ohio State. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, Luke Fickle would jump on that. Mark D'Antonio would jump. And it's know, not about Ohio State ever hurting for players because that's not going to be the case. As long as Ever Myers there, they're going to keep doing what they're doing right now. But if having Ohio kids is important to you, then this is what we're talking about. And the thing that I also want to mention, too. Ohio State fans, I think, will love the product that Ohio State puts on the field every Saturday, no matter what, because once you're here, you're a Buckeye. But I think Ohio State fans care about the Ohio-ness of the roster, too. Well, that's what I wonder. Like, I, wonder I think if that it's there is a, a deal certain connection yeah. to the team based on Ohio roots that makes Ohio State Ohio State to Ohio State fans. I think it would be hard to take if you were at a at a, your local high school has a great player. The best player that high school's had in a generation. And you go and watch him and the whole town talks about him, loves watching this guy play. And Ohio State says, that kid's not good enough to play for us. And it's not because you're at a school where a two-star kid is a huge star or whatever. This is a force. This is a legit kid. Which is happening. There are legit four-star prospects that don't have offers to Ohio State right and now. And you think, God, this that guy's not good enough to play at Ohio State? And they have five kids from Vegas? Four, three, you know, there are people where that would stick in your craw a little bit. Now, if you're competing for national titles and you're winning the Big Ten and you're beating Michigan and everything is going great, there's nothing to complain about. Well, that was like funny because I was watching. You lose. If if it starts to get a little, you know, then. I was watching a Cowboys game and they like showed a graphic. Did the Cowboys play? They showed a It might have been last. It might have been. On the, the Giants. Yeah, the yeah. Giants but then they right. showed a graphic of Ezekiel Elliott on TV. Oh, how he like, hasn't lost a road game? And he hasn't lost a road game. But I think, like, that graphic was Ezekiel Elliott running under the St. Louis Arch. And it's like, yeah, he's an Ohio State kid. He's got an Ohio State tattoo on his arm. But, like, he, like, reps St. Louis. And, yeah. like, I don't know if, like, that was everybody, how that would be for Ohio State fans. Because it wasn't Ohio at all. And... I think that there was an inherent connection. And I'm not saying anything new. Like, Ohio people love Ohio people. That's why they love Ohio State. But that is going to be the norm, I think, moving forward, more so than it's ever been. Okay, so so you say it's going to be the norm moving forward. Let's just say if this class finishes, the 2017 class ends up being 19 out of state, 4 in state, which is probably a reasonably decent guess, right? Yep. What would you think the 2018 class would be? Would they get, because of the kids that you mentioned, Bill, there's kids coming, would they get back up to at least eight or nine Ohio kids? And do you think Urban Meyer himself or somebody else on the staff, and we talked about this in the other coaching podcast, that Luke Fickle as a guy who has been around Ohio State football from the 90s since he played here. Before that, he grew, Luke Fickle grew up in Westerville. Like his youth football coach was John Hicks. You know, he was going to Ohio State games when he – so Luke Fickle lived that every minute. Luke Fickle's gone. A, Bill, do you think it would naturally go back up because the talent level in Ohio will be higher? Or And or do you think Urban Meyer or somebody on that staff would say, you know what, we got to have at least eight kids from Ohio in the 2018 class no matter what. I don't care what the specifics are. We are not – Leaving signing day with at least eight Ohio kids. I think it's both. I think the, the talent state is always going to dictate how many you sign, and I think because it's going up in eighteen, there'll be more than there are this year. I I wonder. Urban Meyer has stood at that podium in the Woody Hayes Athletic Center on National Sign Days and in other days during the season, and told us how much he loves Ohio, how much he loves Ohio high school football. His son's an Ohio high school football player. He loves that stuff. He loves the Ohio high school football coaches. And I want I like and I don't think he's being disingenuous. I believe all of it, but I think I, I wonder like when it comes down to it, and you're sort of put in a position where you have to choose taking the best of the best no matter where they're from because you want all that awesome talent and like not appeasing Ohio, but like keeping that presence on your roster, like what Urban Meyer's decision is. And I'm basing this just off what he's told us. I think that he might look at this class and be ecstatic with it. Why wouldn't he be? There's gonna be so many five star players in this class. I think he's going to see the four Ohio kids and he's going to go, whoa, hold on one second. These five stars are awesome. Let's keep chasing them. Let's leave a few spots for these Ohio kids that we missed out on. He talks about LJ Scott all the time. He talks about other guys from Ohio who aren't on this team right now. I think that's important to him 
I think it's possible, like I said earlier, they're getting slightly distracted a little bit by all this awesome talent they're getting and forgetting about Ohio. And I don't think Urban Meyer is going to let that become a trend. Ari? I disagree with you. Okay. I think. Let's go back to the Jalen Harris Peoples Jones thing. But that's I I don't disagree with you in that sense. I don't could see it ever happening ever. Where what they happened? would take somebody who's not as good as the other one because of where they're from. Okay, I we disagree on it. That's that's fine. I, I so so you would think if they could get, I think if somebody's unquestionably better than the Ohio kid, that the guy that's unquestionably better is going to get the spot. But I guess it's a matter of whether or not you can make an argument that Donovan Peoples-Jones isn't better than Jalen Harris. And I know that's a specific situation, but like if he's head and shoulders better than the Ohio kid, I don't think that there's going to be... What I what I think I could see happening is, is that let's say Peoples-Jones commits to Ohio State. Uh-huh. Maybe Urban Meyer will make the spot for the four-star kid that he wouldn't have made a spot for in the past. You know, we always talk about how Ohio State will find a way... Maybe they'll find a way for an Ohio kid they wouldn't have found a way for just to make sure that there's an Ohio kid there. But do you think Urban Meyer would ever say, in 2018, we need eight Ohio kids? I think Urban Meyer would – I don't. I think Ohio State's ratio of Ohio players is going to be dictated based on the depth of talent in that class that year. And I think that for the most part, oh, Urban Meyer is not going to have to worry about it because there's a lot of really good players in the state. And we've seen it time and time again when there is an elite player in Ohio. Ohio State's going to recruit their tails off to get him. Amir Ripe is the perfect example. And I don't know how to say that kid's name. And I've <laughs> talked to him on the phone a thousand times. Is it Reap or Ripe? You know what I'm talking about. You should they, ask him next time you talk. I know. I always forget. And it's awkward. It's an awkward thing to ask somebody. There's people I work with who called me Airy for the last three years. <laughs> I haven't even told them that they're wrong. So, But... Um, I think that, um, yeah, no, that's just, but when they want the kid in Ohio, they go and get the kid. They always do. So I just, it's about being the best, man. That's what, if you're going to, it's like, that's the Saban model. That's the Saban model. When, when, uh, I think it might've been, it was either his first year or second year. It might've been his first year when Ohio, for Urban Meyer, when Ohio State was playing Wisconsin. And Wisconsin's best player was Chris Borland at linebacker. It just sucks more. And so, Urban Meyer was like, I look at that kid, I think, how did that kid get out of Ohio? He was like flabbergasted that Chris Borland was not a Buckeye. Because, again, he was recruited. He was in the yeah. recruiting class of 2009. was before Urban Meyer got here. I got a newsflash for you. It was national class. Chris Borland would not be recruited by Ohio State. At this point in time, by Urban Meyer, so so there is. I, I I think I lean a little more towards what Bill is saying. I mean, Urban Meyer talks about it a lot. He teared up at a football coaches clinic talking about his son playing football in Ohio two years ago. Yep, he, he's home. He wants to make the great state of Ohio proud, and now you can make the great state of Ohio proud with kids from Georgia and Tennessee and Florida. Um. But I think you got to have some amount of Ohio kids on it, too. Do you think know. he watches L.J. Scott run and think, I wish I would have taken him over Mike Weber? It's not about taking him over Mike Weber. I, don't, I, I, think, I think you're focusing too much on player versus player at certain positions. I think you can look in that class and say, I wish I had L.J. Scott over someone else in that class. And I think it's easy to look at skill positions. I mean, it, it, the one thing is, and now here's the back door to it. Maybe this is the backdoor answer. Um, he put two guys on scholarship this year from Ohio who are walk-ons, who he loves to talk about, Joe Berger and Craig Feta. So maybe you just make sure you have 20 Ohio walk-ons every year, kids who would cut their finger off to be a Buckeye. You get them in the locker room. You get them in practice. They know they're never going to play. They work their butts off. Every year, the best one or two you can give a scholarship to, and then you can walk them up, and on senior day, you can parade them out and say, look at these great loyal Buckeyes, but you didn't have to waste a scholarship on them. It's your back door to Ohio-ness. Yes? I think yeah. that, yeah. I think that Ohio State, like we're talking about it like he's going to have to force it. I think I, he is going to have to force it, though. 
I think if I mean, you I want it to think be of... the way it's been, you've got to prioritize it. I really do think. Okay. Because I don't think because because okay. I mean, I think they could get to eight in 2018 without a problem. But but I do think I mean, and again, Bill said we could have a whole podcast about yeah Rust Belt population distribution. Yeah. But the more I mean, it's the, this is going to. I don't think there's going to be if the number of four stars and five stars in Ohio has gradually gone down. I don't think it's going to start gradually going back up. No. Yeah. It might it might plateau a little bit, but it was. 22 in 2012, and if I never got above 20 again, that wouldn't be surprising to me. So I think you are going to have to work a little harder and prioritize it a little more if you want to keep having 8, 9, 10, 11 Ohio kids in your class. Yes? No? No, I, th- no, I think that's fair. And do you think they will? I think we should ask. Well, that's what I want. Like, if they end up signing four kids in this class, like, we, the three of us, are going to ask about this stuff. Yes, and I know and exactly what his answer is going to be. What's it going to be? Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, it just it's it's too low. That's too low. I we we don't want that. Okay, but, but it just didn't work out. But here's the thing: Emily walked the walk. But if it happens again, we're not going to be the only ones asking the questions about it. And I wonder, like, what if that pressure matters to him? And maybe it doesn't. And we're reading him wrong. But I think it might. If the Ohio football Ohio High School Football Coaches Association comes to his and says, "Like, oh, yo, Urban, why do you have nine Ohio guys in your last two recruiting classes?" I wonder if that will matter to him. And I think it would. If it came to that. I don't think it will come to that. But if it did come to that, I think that would matter to Urban Meyer. Do you think it would? Yeah, because I, you know, I think it, I think on some level it would matter for survival because the last thing you want to do is anger the Ohio High School Coaches Association. But I think, I think the other stuff is genuine. I mean, I think the Ohio-ness of Urban Meyer is genuine. That is not an act he puts on just to get recruits, you know. So um, I think it would be real. I think it would be real. Or do you think it would be real? I think it might be real. I just did a poll. I don't know how much time we have left. I did a poll on Twitter because I'm really consider. I'm like curious about what Ohio State fans think. I asked Ohio State fans, would you rather have a the number one class with four Ohio kids, the number eight class with twelve Ohio kids? Okay. And I just I'm curious to know what the fan psyche is. I think it's important to Urban Meyer, but I also think that getting the best players in the country is important to him, and I don't know which one would win out. Yeah. I don't. And I think that the good thing is for him that you've got five stars like Jackson Carmen and Jalen Gill coming up the pike where you might not in have to worry. 2018. You're going to have two five-star kids in Ohio where you can kill those two birds with one stone. Okay. But do, you, but do we think that that is going to be more of a choice? That, that getting the best players – is actually going to be, conflict with getting enough Ohio kids. Where in the past, that maybe would have been an easy overlap. Do we think it's going to be more of a direct conflict down the road? Yeah, because they were. I mean, they're they're more desirable uh, desirable program than they were in 2012 and 13, and right. really up until the point they won the national championship. So now they weren't living in a world where they had their pick of the 35 best players in the country. Um, they had their pick of like a handful of those guys and it filled it out with Ohio guys. So now that there's a choice to be made, yeah, I think that's I think that's the case. We've only gone 47 minutes, so I can bring up like a whole entirely yeah. new question. And Doug was like, uh, tangent. Doug was like, we're just going to go 40. 47, I haven't even breathed. <laughs> Is Alabama high school football as good as Ohio high school football? I mean, pro- maybe. I don't know. I don't, I don't know off the top of my head. I think if I don't you look, know if Alabama. If you looked at the comparable prospects, I bet Alabama might have more. But we you, should have looked up how many Alabama kids are in Alabama's classes. Here's right my theory as a non-Alabama resident. I would imagine possibly, to me, Ohio Ohio is the best high school football in around here. Yeah. It's not better in Indiana. It's not better in Michigan. It's not better in Kentucky. It's not better in Illinois. So I think uh, a, a expectation that Ohio State takes some Ohio kids – might be more reasonable than Alabama taking Alabama kids. Because I would think if you're Alabama, you're naturally going to live on some Georgia kids, some Florida kids, some Louisiana kids, some Texas kids anyway. Because you're surrounded by more of the great football. Because the best football is in the South. We all know that. It's not like – and again, as much as we talked about like Nick Nick Saban really is not coming up and getting – Ohio kids and Indiana kids and Illinois, and kids from the Midwest on a regular basis. He's getting kids in the South, right? 
So he's getting, even if he's not getting an Alabama kid, he might be taking a Georgia kid over an Alabama kid. But I would think that might be a little different than taking a Florida kid over an Ohio. State. I think it is a little bit different. I think that so. I think Ohio South, State. Yes, there's a South thing. There's some South pride yeah. that people in Alabama can feel pride in winning national championships with kids from their region, even if they're not within. Because the like state I'm conference. not from the South. I've spent very little time in the South. But like, is there a reason why SEC programs chant SEC? Right, because it's a it's a much more natural it's a regional, regional pride. pride. And I think that that makes a lot of sense. So I think Ohio State potentially then would have a different issue to deal with than what Alabama has to deal with while Alabama is going out and building the best recruiting class in the country every year. First, yes. yeah. Do you want the results of this? I've got 100 votes already. Okay. Do, do you want Alabama numbers real quick? Okay, go do it while we're on this. Do Alabama. Just This is just from the last two classes because that's what I could look up in a 45 seconds. Uh, we just we research on the fly. <laughs> okay, so in 2017 right now, Alabama has uh, six Alabama players committed. Four of those players are four- or five-star prospects. Two of them are three-stars. In 2016, they signed six Alabama players, two three-stars, two four-stars, two five-stars. So it's kind of comparable, I think, actually. But And Ohio State, in this extreme example right now, has no Ohio three-stars. Correct. Alabama has had room for four in-state three-star prospects in each of its last two recruiting classes. And I would imagine Alabama... When Alabama is good and at the Nick Saban label level, I would imagine Alabama was never having 10 or 12 Alabama kids every year. Yeah. Where Ohio State is coming down from that level with the four they had this year. So yeah. what's the poll result? Okay, so I want you guys to guess first. Ohio State fans, would you rather have A, the number one class with four Ohio kids, B, number eight class with 12 Ohio kids? I've got 120 votes. I'll say it's 70-30 in favor of the number one class. I'll say it's 55-45 in favor of the number one class. 87% in favor of the number one class. Wow. And I think that the 1980s Ohio-ness might be fading off to the glamour of the playoff. A little bit. Not fading for Ohio high school football coaches. Hey, I'm not the one. I'm not the one. I'm just saying. I don't know. I mean, I think we're at the moment, at the moment, we are dealing in a hypothetical situation because one year does not a, an issue make. Right. You know, yeah. so it's happening this year. It's obviously happening this year. We have the Jalen Harris example. I said I would take Jalen Harris and not all the other kids. But one year is one year, whatever. It will be very interesting to see how 2018 and 19 unfold, I think. Yes? Agree? Yeah, that, I agree with that. that yeah. yeah. And and if and if it if 2018 and 19 unfold in any way that's similar to 2017, um, I think we have a real story on our hands. Yeah, because it's easy like that. And my guess was so far off, I shouldn't even made it. But that answer doesn't surprise me if you think about it. If you think about the fans, the has been up for three minutes. But if like, you think about too, I mean, that's I mean, I don't think it will change much over the next 24 hours or much is up. But I think those fans who are answering that are thinking in the moment and not thinking ahead and not thinking to themselves, what if there's only four guys from Ohio then the next two classes? They're thinking about the six five-stars who are in this one. Of course they would want that. Yeah. Um, yeah and it's always about what's in the moment, as we right. found out. So. And it's one of those things that's like uh, – and, and, you know, it's a bad comparison, but it's like and, – and I'm not, I'm not going to really do it because, again, the, the people who hate recruiting and hate recruiting rankings cherry-pick the five-star busts and the three-star – Superstars, mm -hmm. but you know, who's been more important to Ohio State football, Torrance Gibson or Pat Elfline? One's yeah. a five star kid from Florida, one's a three star kid from Ohio. You know, and again, you know, that, that, that doesn't mean that recruiting doesn't matter. Recruiting does matter, but I think there are enough examples from Tyvis Powell to Pat Elfline to Darren. I wonder Lee who would win if we went back and forth. What if we mean? did that? If you did that. And you looked at the entire well, – the last five years of Ohio State football, and you went five-star out-of-state or two in-state under three-star, which one there would be more of an impact for. I still think it would be the out-of-state five-star. I well, still think I, there would be more. And I think and I think the interesting thing is, like, again, when you look when you look at the 2013 class as a great example, you don't win a national title without Joey Bosa from Florida, Ezekiel Elliott from Missouri, Vaughn Bell from Tennessee slash Georgia, Eli Apple from New Jersey. You know, you don't win without those guys. So it's to me, it's not a matter of not taking those guys. Um, it's a matter of not having to be ninety percent those guys. That's all. Yeah. 
and, 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 you know, there were a lot of really good kids from Ohio on the team last year that had a lot of talent and didn't make the playoff, you know. Nick Vanette's from Ohio. Taylor Decker's from Ohio. Pat Elfline, I mean, whatever. But um, I think we have at the moment, we have just the tip, the tip, the tip of the iceberg of yeah. whether it's the Jalen Harris example or the Danny Clark example or whatever of what maybe could be to come or maybe could just be a one-time example. But but there, but there's a couple little things cropping up more than three years ago. Right? I also, yeah. You know, I think that this is possible that the 2017 class could be the new norm, and that's why we're discussing it. Yeah, but it's not the norm yet. It's not a problem yet. It will be interesting to see in 2021 if they have three straight classes like that, if there's an issue because of it. And so, okay, before we wrap it up, if it is a trend and the new norm, is that a problem? Not not like from a psychological standpoint, it makes people mad. Is it an actual problem for the success of Ohio State football? If 2017 is the new norm and they would follow it with a bunch of classes with only four or five Ohio kids. Would that be a problem for Ohio State football, yes or no? Uh, yeah, I, th- I think I'd say yes. I think if Ohio State signed four classes identical to the one they're going to sign in 2017, they'd win a national title. <laughs> I think it'd be a little bit of a problem. Um, but it's, I thought this was the most interesting discussion podcast that we've done on and they're all really good. It's <laughs> just because it's recruiting and you love recruiting. No, but like it's just like so fascinating, like just the idea of it. Like that we we ended it. We talked it for an hour and we kind of disagree on it. And both sides I think have very valid arguments. Yeah. And it's a very interesting discussion of like the state of the program. That's all good stuff, but also I mean, what you a, don't think about. It's a heck of I mean again, it boils down to are they getting too many good players? I mean, it is a ridiculous yeah. idea. Um and, you know, there was a time, you know, when I was covering Ohio State in the Jim Trestle era when, when they weren't recruiting for national kids like this. And people thought their recruiting was dropping off a little bit, you know, and that they were they were taking, you know, I, I'm not going to say names, but, there, you know, there's some examples of them taking some, some Ohio kids that you thought, man, I'm surprised they took them. And then they didn't work out here and they weren't that good and it wasn't that hard to see that coming, and it was like, man, they they probably should be getting some better kids than this. But like, what's interesting to me is that like we we used, and let's just you know what we're going another hour. <laughs> they used Pat Elfline, and we used Pat Elfline as an example. Yeah, Pat Elfline would not be at Ohio State. Absolutely positive, and that's the point we're trying to make. Right now, the only reason why Pat Elfline's at Ohio State is because Pat Elfline ended up being in the class that was in the midst of the worst time in modern history of Ohio State football. And I think he was saying like they even sort of had to like sell Urban to keep him, you know? But now again, so the other side of that is, and again, it's not, if you get a scholarship to Ohio State football, congratulations, you have reached the pinnacle and not everybody's going to be a superstar. But for example, are not like Brady Taylor and Kyle Trout, two Ohio linemen in recent classes, who have not really played much so far, right? Yeah. And they were not superstar five-star recruits, right? They were more like three-star linemen. Taylor was a three-star and Trout was a four-star. Okay. Trout was an early commitment four-star that seemed to fit. Brady Taylor was a last-second addition because they needed a lineman. So, but it's just the not every Pat, quote, not every Pat Elf line turns into Pat. Elfline. Yeah. Right. So it's yeah, easy yeah. to say, oh man, what would they do with that Powell Elfline and Darren Lee? And it's like, well, we can show you some. But I think from you Ohio. would, ra- well, you'd rather, Ooh. we don't want to go down the names of saying specific people who didn't work out. And like those guys still have careers, they could do something. Yeah, so I don't sure. want to. And but I think you would rather be on the roster and not start. And I think you would rather have in an ideal world Brady Taylor on the roster and not start than a four star from Texas. And that is one of my points. Yes. Yeah. When you are going to have the guys, because not everybody can start, because 75% of your roster is made up of guys who don't start, I want some of those guys who aren't starting to be guys who would cut a finger off to be a Buckeye. It's the good soldier thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that almost, maybe maybe I was like saying, well, they don't all turn to Pat Elfline, but maybe that's actually was proving my point that, okay. Those guys who didn't become superstars are still Ohio kids who probably are pretty are glad to be Buckeyes. And you don't know for sure if the four-star top 100 player from Georgia who's not playing would feel the same way. Which, again, why it's supplementing Von Bell. I want Von Bell starting. I don't know if I want Von Bell not playing, honestly. <laughs> we knew Von Bell. 
Von Bell was a pretty competitive son of a gun, right? Yeah. How would Von Bell have felt sitting for three years? I think we knew how he felt sitting for three months. <laughs> I mean, he was like, he practically was going to punch through the locker room door when he wasn't playing as a freshman. Yeah. And he should have played as a freshman. I mean, that was the coaching staff's fault, not his fault. But imagine a kid just like him, just as good, but you just don't, you can't start him because you don't have room. Uh, you know, I know they talk about wanting guys pushing each other. I don't know if I want my second team filled with. Angry Von Bells. Yeah. No offense to Von Bell. We love Von Bell. Miss you, brother. Um, <laughs> all right. Making plays. That's Buckeye Talk. Um, you can follow us all week at cleveland.com slash OSU. Find us on Twitter at BillLandis25, at Douglas Maurice, at Ari Wasserman. You can always send us questions on Twitter during the week. We'll try to get to them. We're probably going to have another podcast coming up at some point where we hit some questions because we haven't done questions because we've been too busy talking. So, you can find our other podcast about Ohio State assistant coaches and what they'd be like as a head coach. This is our talk about recruiting and recruiting and recruiting. Um, thanks, as always, for following. We will be in Arizona starting on December 26th. Bill's actually going to get there Christmas night, um, and Ari's going to be there a little before that. So we're going to have lots of stuff coming from the Fiesta Bowl. Again, that's December 31st, New Year's Eve, number three, Ohio State versus number two, Clemson. So thanks for listening. For Bill and Ari, I'm Doug, and that's Buckeye Talk.